Hi guys and welcome back to the Female Fitness Podcast. I'm your host Danny, and today I have the pleasure of being joined by Sasha Lucas who is an online coach and personal trainer. She also has an email list and her own podcast called Are We Here Yet? Mm-hmm. And um, she's a re- I've actually I've known of you for quite a while like quite a few years but we've never like had a podcast together or anything like that and I thought it'd be really really good to get Sasha on the podcast because she's really good at what she does and I like what she stands for so how long have you actually been in the industry and how did you get into coaching in the first place okay so I started properly coaching in 2015 Um, which is seven years ago now. Um, I started because my mum was a PT and I was working in fashion at the time. I studied fashion, business uh, and finance at uni. Um, Worked in it and just, I don't know, I'd escape to the gym at lunchtime and just be like, this is not for me, the corporate world and all that. Um, And then, yeah, my mum was getting into it. And then I kind of thought, I actually could see myself doing this. So I left that industry um whilst I was studying I was a waitress and met some of my best friends it was the best thing I did and then um yeah I was studying during that and then yeah I got my first PT job in Virgin Active in obviously there isn't any Virgin Actives anymore I don't think it's Nuffield now but in South Manchester um when I was about 24 25 um and then yeah just kind of went on from there and now I'm at train in Manchester this is my sixth year there um yeah I've been there a long time (laughs) so yeah it's funny I um got into the industry exactly the same year 2015 and I did exactly the same thing so I was waitressing at the time um whilst I was doing my PT course and it was yeah it was so much fun and like I I wouldn't change it like for anything no it was so good wasn't it yeah and then that's when I was studying so it's just good to have a job that you can go to and then go home and not take it home while you're studying so yeah I was doing that it was great yeah definitely and so in today's podcast I wanted to talk a little bit about what a sustainable approach to health and fitness might Mm -hmm. look like and the benefits of that for the majority of the population as opposed to hopping into like eight-week challenges or quick fixes and so from a nutrition perspective Mm -hmm. what might someone's targets look like in practice following a sustainable approach to health and fitness as opposed to meal plans and extremely low calories like we might see in eight-week challenges? Oh, interesting. I think um, nutrition is such a huge topic, but I think the issue I came into when I started coaching and started trying to come away from the, well, not that I ever did the meal plan thing really, but, you know, the really structured lower calories, calorie deficit, blah, blah, blah. I started to notice that people want something tangible. So in coaching at the beginning, people kind of see it as, look, I'm giving you some money and I want, I want something in return. I want you to send me something. I want something to follow. I want this. And it's like, sometimes the best coaching uh, practices are not tangible. It's sitting with the client, having a conversation, looking into their food environment. When you grow up, what, what, was nutrition like for you um and understanding where they've come from to be able to give them things to essentially follow but not necessarily something that they can tick off or look at a list and see a number um so that's the most challenging thing but I think it depends on the person um I think in coaching we fall into giving people the same um oh uh 
100 and whatever grams of protein, the, this, that. And it's like, if you're working with someone who grew up eating fast food, watching TV, and then suddenly you're saying, oh, right, guys, so download this app. It's called My Fitness Pal. It's like an online food diary. And then you got to put in your veg and put in this. They're just going to be like, what the, what is that? Like, yeah, you're taking someone from what they know. And yeah, okay, people may judge. But if that's what they, how they've been brought up, that's how they've been brought up. And then suddenly taking them to meal plans and calorie targets and a lot of these people might not even know what any of that is so to give someone just a standardized like oh yeah here you go uh, put your numbers into this calculator and it'll figure it out it's like this person isn't going to last long and you're not teaching them anything of use um without actually listening to where they've been and where they want to be and like filling in the gaps yeah I completely agree and so in practice, say you were coaching someone who had just started with you, where yeah. would you start when it comes to nutrition? Like, how would you actually go about getting them to make a change? And would you give them any targets to hit? Mm-hmm. Or would you just give them maybe feedback on food diaries or advice yeah. and things like that? So I'll, I'll take so I, I'll take on a client and we have a um a really quick call just to say how it goes or you know what's going to happen and then we tend to book in a 90 minute chat so in that 90 minute chat it's like look no judgment here let's just there's some things that I want to cover but apart from that a bit like a podcast you know there's some things we want to cover but apart from that just say what you want yeah. um and we talk about again food environment um what are your thoughts around food um have you ever suffered with an, any kind of not necessarily eating disorder because obviously that's not my um expertise but like disordered eating habits I guess have you been on lots of diets have you never been on a diet are you even are you even aware of nutrition as a concept um and we kind of go from there so I might have I usually have people who have come from a chronic dieting background and want to come away from it um it just seems to be where the world is heading at the minute there's lots of people that get into like um counting everything meticulous meticulously and they're wanting to come away from it but can't see a way out um so I do look at food diaries um I tend to do you know do three days for me let's have a look if there's anything that stands out immediately I won't give them something to change I'll ask them why it's there you know for example you'll probably understand this Danny like um teeny tiny meals and then loads of snacks because their intentions are I'm being good because I'm having small meals but then the snacks equal more than the meals things like that that's a great topic to start a conversation on why do you think you do that and quite often they're not expecting that question they're expecting me to give them something to change and that's where it starts it's like okay let's revisit that why do you think you do that oh well you know my intentions are always good in the morning and then and then at the end of the day, I'm just, I just eat and I don't know why. It's like, have you ever thought about that? You might just be hungry. <laughs> yeah. Let's try and just increase the size of breakfast for the next two weeks and see how we get on the end. One thing, focus on it, have a conversation about it again. You know, it's kind of like, a, it's a very like it's ongoing and it's never like, here you go, tick this off for me. Have you done it? Yeah. Okay. Next thing. It's like, no, these things take time and nothing amazing happens in eight weeks yeah I think it's really good to hear that because it's 
it shows that you do things obviously on an individual basis and uh-huh. I don't think you can ever get that really through these like eight-week programs for example transformation challenges because ultimately usually it's a very large number of clients to one coach and that coach hasn't got the time to deal with each person individually Um, and so going back to the start why Mm -hmm. if you were to if you had a group of people in front of you who were just about to get started like and getting into training and nutrition yeah what would you say to them in terms of why should they consider taking like an individualized sustainable approach to that process as opposed to buying into a transformation challenge or a fat loss challenge Ooh. so I think that fat loss challenges and 12 week 12 week whatever transformations eight week transformations are just very popular at the minute um I can't remember them being that popular maybe when we started seven years ago maybe I just wasn't aware of them um but if I had a group of people in front of me and I was sat in a room and they were all saying oh yeah I want to do this quite often it's that without sounding too much like a psychologist or something I'm not but quite often the people who really chase after those things something's missing um I don't know shitty relationship um they hate their job um they don't have a very good you know group of friends or they're just a bit like they're just looking for something to to fill a void um and I know it sounds like oh slash how do you know that but I I kind of do in some way because I've had so I've had hundreds of these conversations and it's usually they're just searching for something and they just want to do it really quickly and then they want they want to see something at the end and they they're not necessarily that bothered about what happens after that which is not usually anything that great um so I would just say what do you want out of this that's a great question because if they say I want to lose uh five pounds I'm like okay do you want to lose five pounds for eight weeks or do you want to lose five pounds forever um forever okay so why are you doing a challenge then there you go it's like oh yeah well I haven't really thought about that so I just think we need to ask better questions and we need to stop assuming that people understand this because a lot of people don't understand it we do so it's our job in a point of in a like a place of authority to be able to explain these things to them yeah exactly and it's hard obviously as someone who is just getting into the industry they don't always question like what's going on behind the scenes so if they see like a transformation they'll just believe that that's what happened and then it stayed like that when we know (laughs) that actually beyond that what happens is usually they really like suffer from a relationship with food perspective from a body image perspective and end up regaining all of that body fat if not more Mm -hmm. Um, and that's unfortunately when they then like look to people like yourself and myself for a much more sustainable approach to the process exactly yeah exactly and you never know what's going to happen afterwards we don't know either you know unless you work with someone for a really long time you don't know so again I think we just have to watch what we promise as well um I think I I think I saw someone say like in their bio on Instagram like I'll help you lose fat for good and that for me is like you don't know that that's such that's a promise not even like a specialist can give out you don't know that 
are you saying that you're going to see them in 20 years and and they're still going to keep it off because of something that you did in eight weeks it's delusional it's like but but the clients and the the people looking at that don't understand that they just think oh god finally the answer to my prayers someone who's finally going to help me get out of this vicious cycle it's like this person should not be saying that because they don't know yeah exactly. oh yeah but I taught them I taught them the habits that they need it's like yeah habits come and go we don't know that how many habits have you had before that you don't even remember probably quite a lot um yeah so that's a big thing for me I really I really don't like when I see stuff like that it makes me a bit angry for them but also sad for the people who who unfortunately fall for it yeah and of course like educating clients can help set them up for long-term success and can -hmm. help give them the tools that they need to hopefully make sustainable progress yeah you never know what's going to happen in life like something massive could come up that could mean that you know our bodies fluctuate throughout our lives like it might mean that they gain some body fat again and that's not necessarily a bad thing either it just happens exactly yeah it's a huge thing but again that's why I just like to focus on the people in front of me obviously as you know we, we get into habits of trying to help everyone when in fact you know, you've got your client base in front of you. Uh, I'm not sure how many people you work with at a time, Danny, but I keep mine relatively small so I can actually focus. And then I just focus on the relationship and trying doing the best I can with the time that I have with that person. Um, because, you know, I know some people pride themselves on having, oh, I've got 100 clients or whatever. I'm just like, is the impact you think, do you actually think you're having impact on 100 people? Because I don't even have 100 friends. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how people manage to coach that many people at once. So I just think if you want to make a real difference with with someone, then try and get the best best relationship with them as you can. Yeah, I completely agree. I don't I don't know how people coach like hundreds of clients. Like, I literally don't know how they do it. It's just crazy. But obviously, it just means that a lot of it is generic, and that's what people have to take into account. Um. Mm-hmm. And so with training, what is your opinion on generic training programs that we often see used in like group programs or transformation challenges and things like that? I think that these challenges are marketed at beginners when technically I think they're built for intermediate slash advanced. For example, you and I could do that. I could follow that program easily. So could you. We've been doing it for more decade um I'm just thinking of what the program would look like and there's pretty much you know I'm not blowing my own trumpet but I don't think there's an exercise on there that I wouldn't be able to figure out and understand because of my experience and I think there's a lot of people out there that probably could do that but the issue is is that those transformation challenges are not marketed to us they are marketed to beginners who you know I I have I train beginners um I train a few beginners online but that it's it depends um and say I set them a a session and say it was split squat number one right what if they can't do a split squat and they just put done and then the next week I progress it okay well they did eight reps so I'll do 10 okay but they didn't do eight reps because it was wrong yeah and then next week oh oh they did 10 they said it was done okay 12 reps it's like no this person never did eight and now they're doing 12 so they're building strength in in what might be the wrong position so you just, with these generic things, you just don't know if this person's doing it right. How do they move? Um, have they got any injuries? 
um what's their range like can they even get their knee to the floor can they um extend the hips can there's so many things to it and it's like we can't just give someone three sets of 10 back squat and then think it's coaching because it's not yeah exactly and so with your coaching from a training perspective especially with your I know you see people face to face which is obviously Mm -hmm. very different but with like online coaching yeah do you get your clients to send you training videos and things like that or um do you give them any additional guidance as well as just you know they would usually see say they went to a generic program they would just have like the program literally written out with the exercises and the sets and reps what additional guidance do you give to make it more personal and to help the clients achieve the best results possible so I use an app um I think everyone probably uses an app these days called coach rx um it's from opex they designed it and that's who I did my um qualification with it's great um it's individualized to the point where you do every day um so let's just say I have a beginner oh I have a client in Melbourne for example um in Australia and she's I wouldn't call her a beginner but she's she's kind of edging onto intermediate but she still needs more support than the remote clients I have who live close by who I see once a month um so I just make sure that I really take the time and give her the simplest exercises foolproof it's foolproof like and can you send me a video yes let's watch the video what do you what did you notice from it ask them you get them involved you know sometimes you know someone could send me a video of them doing a gobble and I'm like yeah cool it's like get them involved with it what do you notice well I actually noticed that um my knees were caving in okay so maybe your legs were a little bit too wide so your knees would just go like let's alter the stance a bit where your feet straight um oh you know I just couldn't quite keep my torso upright okay try a foam roller against the wall that exercise might take two and a half three three weeks to actually become right which is totally fine because you got you got you got decades ahead of you to get this right but I think the issue is is people like like oh I've been I've been coaching three weeks and I haven't even got my squat right yet and it's like yeah what that's the reality it took me probably it took me or I don't know about you Danny but years to get a position right and but people are just promised things so yeah we I do videos I'll do feedback uh more calls if they need them um she's actually coming to visit in October so we can do a month of training together um you just need to think about how much support the individual needs some people don't need as much they'll know that you'll you'll fall into that flow some people need more so as much feedback as possible try and get the the movement simple enough that they might not need that many notes as well um but yeah it's different person to person yeah and I think people like massively like underestimate the benefits of taking that approach and having that attention to detail because you are not gonna like adapt in a positive way to a training risk a training stimulus if you're not even performing the exercises correctly and your injury risk will be so much higher which will obviously have a huge impact on if you get injured you're going to have to have weeks or like months away from training properly potentially Mm -hmm. people just don't really think about that they just like dive in and think oh if I'm if I'm going to the gym and like taking this box and doing this session then I should get results but that's not the case if you're not performing properly no Exactly. It's a huge thing. And that's why 
templates are fine like I said I always try and make it like obvious that do what you want this is this is just personally from my experience of coaching people over the years of what tends to work the best so it's only coming from experience if you want to follow a template you follow a template if you want to do something off YouTube honestly just go for it it might be exactly what you need right now but personally for results that are gonna you know I want to get to a point where you do a split squat where you're not even thinking about it yeah I could be in a session with you and I could write I'm just gonna nip for a wee (laughs) um warm up your split squats for me that's trust that's coaching you've got that down or I even wait for them to tell me what are you doing there oh well I'm gonna um I'm gonna put my split squats with my upper row because I know that um they go together quite nicely fine you do that you're teaching them so it's not just like instructing they're not coming in right you're doing this this and this and then they're talking to you and then they leave what did we do uh I can't remember yeah (laughs) and then before you know it it becomes mindless like I just I want the client to like be involved in as much as possible so that eventually they could maybe teach someone else probably better than a lot of PTs out there these days yeah that's really good to hear and it's so important and I always find like the clients that like will come to me and be like oh I was giving my friend advice on this this week they're always the clients that really like retain the information that you're giving them absolutely no I love that I I went for dinner at my client's house the other night and um, her partner wanted to learn how to do some movements in the gym and I don't have any one-to-one space at the minute like my diary has been full in that sense for quite a while so I don't really have the the space to take on a brand new person to teach them and I said to her, she's been training with me uh since day one so what this is our sixth year together and I was like you teach him she was like what do you mean I was like you are more than capable yeah. probably more capable than a lot of people I know to teach him what uh, how to do these movements in the gym you do them on your own anyway you know your stuff you teach him and for me to be able to say that and for her to be like oh yeah I was teaching him some stuff anyway I was like crack on because he'll learn a lot from you because you've been doing it for a long time rather than like oh yeah I'll try and squeeze you in at this time and I only want to take on that client if I know I'm going to have the brain power to add another person to my group of clients I was like you teach him yeah I, I feel so confident in what we've worked on in the last god knows how many years you do it yeah and that's great like if you've got that confidence it's such a good sign that like you've done your job and I think if someone's able to teach someone else it's just like credit to whoever's taught them and it's a great thing and obviously when we do teach people things it really helps like solidify that information in our brain as well so it would probably be like almost an educational process for her herself as well exactly exactly she'll learn from it he'll learn from it and then I don't have to, you know, I can give her that almost like a, you've done such hard work that I actually think that you are clued up enough to teach someone who doesn't know what they're doing to get to a good, you know, a good level. And I'm more than happy with that. Yeah. And so when it comes to say someone was just starting on their like training journey, where should someone start when it could become when it comes to deciding their training frequency mm-hmm. and then their training split or training program if they don't have a coach? Ooh. So I would say one of the questions that I ask people all the time, even my remote clients that come see me, 
people's schedules change a lot you know hours I know mine will be the same for a few weeks then it'll change then something will get added in I want to know their schedule because if I hear a client say oh you know what though I could just shift that and just squeeze that in I'm like nope that's a rest day because it ain't gonna happen yeah I want them to I would rather a client did two sessions a week every week no matter what for however many years then do six one week then one oh and then this happens I'll do three and I'm not saying that you know some people can't do that with their schedules but I found that most people can so I would say you know if they say oh you know I've got um oh I do MMA that morning and then oh I might be tired nope rest (laughs) because the training's supposed to it's not supposed to add any more stress to what it probably is already a stressful week, right? Let's just find two spots in the week where you're like, oh yeah, I've got more than enough time. I'm usually just sat on the sofa. Perfect. Let's add them in. So it depends. Their schedule depends on why I would advise for them. So as you know, we advise full body for, I'd say three or less. Um, and then anything above that, which to be honest, if I think about my clients now, there's probably a small handful that do more than three sessions a week. And they're usually, in fact, they're coaches or they are um, training for a specific event. Yeah. Um, but apart, you know, for your gem poppers, you know, just the, you, you, you are not necessarily you and I, but, you know, people are just living their life and they just want to get into a bit of strength training and work on some health practices and stuff. Three is fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally fine. Um, yeah, so I would always just advise full body, hit every pattern. Are you doing something for your midline, for your core? Are you pushing something? Are you pulling something? Um, are you bending at the hips? Are you flexing the knee? Um, are you getting your heart rate to what zone two, one between 130 and I don't know, 150, whatever, um, and keeping it there and just moving? Are you walking when you can? that kind of stuff nothing extreme just like something that you can follow if that's too much reduce it if it's too little after a few months add something yeah and for the listeners why if they're training three times or less over the week why would it be better for them to do like a full body split as opposed to pull push legs for example um I would say because when you're a beginner you need you need some volume in there to elicit a response so okay you might be you might do one session and be super super sore okay but after a few weeks you probably if your recovery protocols are in place you probably will feel fine um but it just means you're hitting those body parts so so just say three if you are doing um a bend at the hip so a deadlift essentially three times a week then you're hitting that pattern three times a week but if you're a beginner and you did push pull legs let's say you did push on a tuesday you're waiting till next Tuesday to do push. It's almost a little bit too long when in fact you could do um, a lying dumbbell press on a Tuesday. You could do um, a landmine push press on a Thursday and you could do incline push-ups on a Sunday, whatever. It's like you're getting three exercises in, you've got enough time to recover between and then you can crack on again and maybe progress if you're there. If not, do the same again. You're just practicing. Um, and yet it doesn't, tend to take that much time either and it's just beginners like a little bit of variety I think and it's it's good to be able to put some different exercises in there 
yeah definitely I think it was important to cover that briefly because a lot of people will sort of see like I don't know bodybuilders or people on Instagram following like poor push leg splits or splitting mm-hmm. their body parts up and actually for the majority of people they'd be much better doing either full body sessions or maybe if they're training four times a week lower up lower upper or something yeah. along those lines yeah no absolutely and if you're a beginner like you don't need arm day yeah <laughs> <laughs> you don't need a full day dedicated to arms you'll be done in 10 minutes yeah exactly. you know you'll you'll fatigue and it's like yeah I'm, I'm a big believer in putting some arm stuff in there for healthy shoulders and elbows and all that but you just need to focus on just moving three times a week and being comfortable and the on just on the edge of challenge so I like to say like struggle but don't suffer so a bit of struggles fine oh that last rep was a bit tough if you're suffering and then you're like oh my god the last five reps were grim or oh I didn't fit the last one in because I was so like fatigued it's like you're edging into the the suffering world there where you just want to be a a little bit of struggle because it just means that you can sustain it longer I think that's a really really good way of putting it as well and if a client wanted to make progress with fat loss and they approached you how Mm -hmm. would you approach setting expenditure targets so like general expenditure and cardio Ooh, that's interesting it's interesting because I don't know if it's about the message I put out or the stuff that I write or the podcast stuff but I actually don't have very many people looking for that specifically at the minute it's not saying I couldn't do it you know coaching coaching the science behind fat loss is simple yeah but coaching the art behind fat loss is extremely difficult because the science is the science you can't change it it is what it is everyone bloody knows about it these days energy expenditure calorie deficit uh, steps blah blah blah. we know that now so it's like but you can't just information alone is very unpersuasive so you can't just give that to someone and be like well there you go I've given you the tools but the art behind it is body image, issues around food, obsessive um, natures when it comes to exercise, you know, people marching around their garden to get their steps in at the end of the day before bed. Like, <laughs> yeah, I always think in deep, deep down when I'm helping somebody with fat loss, if I if that person leaves being more obsessed with that stuff than they were than they started I failed because I don't want that I don't want my clients tagging me on Instagram saying like oh um no excuses whatever marching around their yard to get their 10,000 steps like I would not repost that shit (laughs) (laughs) I'm like no don't involve me in this like I, I I don't want that so again it would with the nutrition stuff it would be are you actually eating like great foods are you getting variety in there have you got enough protein but not so much protein that you know I saw someone say I'll just have an extra chicken breast on the side come on Sandra from Norwich isn't gonna cook an extra chicken breast and put it next to a plate like she's gonna vomit (laughs) so it's like you have to speak to the person look at look at their life as a whole and just figure out where you can maybe like oh so I don't know you finish work early on a Wednesday um three o'clock what do you do between bedtime and 
three. Um, well, I tend to go food shopping because I've got the time, and then I tend, and then I don't know really, potter around for a bit. Why don't you do something there? Twenty minutes, half an hour, you could walk. I don't know. You like riding your bike, don't you? You could go for a, a, a bike ride. You could do it. Just try and move a little bit. Then that's increasing expenditure without saying like, oh, if you want to lose weight, you need to be moving. You know, all day, every day. It's like she's got time. She seems keen. Add it in, so they know. You know the the energy expenditure equation and whatever. So it's, it's about edging that in without creating like an obsessive nature around it, which I never want to. So yeah, okay, everyone needs, well, probably we could all do with moving a little bit more. Yeah. But it's yeah. about making it sustainable for them rather than like 10,000 steps is given to bloody everyone. Um, but it's like some people are doing two. So you can't give a 10 goal t- to a tour, you know, yeah. try, try three. <laughs> let's try yeah meet people where they're at rather than just being like oh you've got to hit ten thousand steps every single day to every single client that like comes your way exactly exactly but it you know it's easy to to feel like you know as a beginner coach it's easy to feel like you're doing your job when you've given someone stuff that you know you know if you gave someone who's doing nothing ten thousand steps a day and a few hundred calories below maintenance guess what they guess what probably gonna lose weight yeah if there's no skill in that reducing someone's food and adding in steps it does not require a skill it's not coaching essentially like even if you weren't qualified you could google that and give it to someone say oh what about that you know oh why don't you try and walk a bit more and eat a bit less it's like well yeah obviously like but it's about finding a way of that person being able to do that in the life that they have and unless you ask those questions you have no idea and if you don't ask those questions you you know you might fall into the trap of creating habits that they they're really happy they're doing but then they're not seeing their kids or their partner um hasn't seen them any evening this week because they're out marching around the garden or hasn't been out for dinner they usually have a date night on a Thursday and they haven't had it in three months but you just didn't know that because you didn't know they had a date night it's about understanding this person's life and being able to put it in there with so they can live the life that they're living but just make little sacrifices because at the end of the day if we want to get somewhere with it all you have to make you know you have to make a little sacrifice but you don't want to completely change their life for the sake of a few thousand steps yeah and I think like numerical targets definitely have their place and they work for some clients um but it has to come alongside coaching behavior change and attention to detail and it's like I coach um, one of my friends at the moment, she won't mind me saying this, I coach one (laughs) of my friends at the moment and we were having a conversation in her check-in and she like just said off the cuff, oh, she's trying to pursue fat loss at the moment. Mm -hmm. She went, oh, I haven't got any social occasions in the next few weeks. And I was like, Lydia, I don't (laughs) want you cutting out social occasions. I want you to actively attend them. Like there's, I do not want that mindset of like, Oh, I've not got social occasions. So that means I can make more fat loss progress. No, absolutely not. Like I want you going to those occasions. That is not the mindset that we want to create here. And she was like, you're, she was like, you're so right. Like I sort of almost slipped into that for a second, but it's not what I want to achieve. No, exactly. And I just think with stuff like that, I would say to a client in that scenario, like for the rest of your life, are you going to go out for dinner? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So 
avoiding it for the next few weeks what is this going to do nothing and it's the same with like I know there's a, a mindset around like if it's not in the house you won't eat it and it's like okay but think about that for a second like like I know <laughs> people if if Jess or anyone is listening to this they'll laugh but I love I eat chocolate buttons out the freezer all the time right I'm obsessed with them it's like my little thing cup of tea buttons out the freezer after tea so if I was saying like oh I really want to avoid chocolate right oh, if it's there I'll eat it if it's there I'll eat it okay but do you want to be able to be around that food and feel fine about, around it oh my god yeah I'd love to I'd love to, I'd love for there to be a packet of biscuits there and I just think oh look packet of biscuits anyway and just crack on with the day it's like okay we need to have them in the house at all times yeah and they're like oh no I don't trust myself it's like we're gonna have to learn how to do it someday so you may as well start now because at the end of the day if you don't have these foods that you one day want to be around all the time you're not going to teach yourself if you avoid them at all costs just have them there I God, I used to be. I'm sure you did at one point. Anyone in the fitness industry who's a woman, unfortunately, has gone through little bits like that. Um, but all you have to do is to understand that you can have that stuff. It's always going to be there whenever you want. And I tell you what, sit and eat a full bag of buttons every day and see how you feel after three days. You'll feel really sick. Exactly. So just understanding what you act one out of it if you want to be able to have two biscuits with your cup of tea and then forget about it then you better start having two biscuits with your tea and forgetting about it every day and then see how it goes you know exactly and like the novelty will wear off it's when people say that these foods are like off limits or get them out of the house if they're then exposed to those foods say they go around to a mate's house and they get them out or something they're literally not gonna be able to control themselves (laughs) exactly and it is it it will happen it's gonna happen I once had a client who was like oh I'm not having chocolate Sasha like I binge eat you know, like Cadbury's or whatever all the time and it makes me feel sick and I'm like her favorite was Maltesers or something and I was like have a packet of Maltesers just a normal packet you know not a family share bag or one of those boxes with the every day with a cup of tea every single day and she was like no I was like honestly it's nothing it's nothing in, in the grand scheme of things, it's less than a drop in the ocean. Just have it. And then sometimes she wouldn't even have it. She's like, I didn't fancy them today. And I'm like, there you go. Because it's no longer something that you are actively trying to avoid. It's just something that exists. So she's like, yeah, I have them sometimes. I don't really, yeah, uh, maybe at the weekend or on a Monday night. Or like, I'll have them, but I'm not really asked about them. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that is the win. It's such a huge win. It um, works. And that's the type of thing that's going to result in long-term success in a person feeling good, performing well, feeling them be- their best selves, like for life, not just like cutting out these food groups. Yeah, making fat loss progress. Of course, you're going to make fat loss progress, but then going backwards afterwards and feeling yeah. like absolute shit. Exactly. I think, but the issue, the issue is in our world is that the people that do do these short-term things, they don't want you to have them. Yeah. No, no more teasers. No, no, no chocolate. Because at the end of this 12 weeks, I'm going to use your photo as advertisement for my next um, group of people. And I need you to look different from the first picture. So no more teasers. Yeah. And then I'm like, that's terrible behavior. <laughs> that's awful. Because it's like, you know, when they my next intake it's like they're not cows 
yeah. you're not taking them to the cattle market and then you know parading them being like look you know look what I've got and then getting rid of them and then getting the next lot like these are human beings and you are taking them under your wing and you are supposed to be looking after them for 12 weeks and you're saying stuff like that so yeah it's just you have to remember that these people the challenges whatever unless they're clients who are being involved in long-term clients so maybe you're doing it I don't know some kind of challenge for six weeks fine yeah but these people don't care about you they don't care they care about the photo because they need it to use for the next five years for advertisement um so just be aware of that definitely yeah and what measures of progress would you use with a client who wanted to come to you and take a sustainable approach like we've been talking about because obviously we've spoken about transformation pictures and how they can be quite misleading Mm -hmm. often people do get into fitness and think I'm going to start weighing myself and taking progress pictures but what other measures of progress can we use it's interesting because in my personal coaching world I guess I have clients for quite a long time so I say for me to really really make a difference to someone and see them in a few years time and they're still cracking on years um like I said I've had my one-to-one clients I'm just looking at them on my whiteboard there's only two of them that I've had for less than a year the rest of multiple years and then my remote people again I haven't taken on a new person for quite a long time just because I like to be in a flow with people and you know figure out stuff as we go and just pay attention to these people rather than focusing on people that I that aren't even with me um and when it comes to progress it's like okay what's the person doing so I can look at one person who's doing a um, a running event on in July in Leeds where you have to run for an hour and then rest for an hour and do it for 24 hours and he's doing it for charity his measures of progress are different to um, my client who's training for a 5k ski <laughs> like what matters to him doesn't matter to him he didn't the 5k ski guy that couldn't give a shit how far he can run you know so it's like progress is it's a funny word and results are such a funny word because it like it depends on what I have one person who is just training she just wants to train and she wants to work with somebody and you know get better at lifting weights essentially so her measures of progress is is she getting better at lifting weights yeah tick I don't care if she's lost weight. I don't know what she looks like under her clothes. I don't care, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> is she getting better at lifting weights and is she moving better? Tick. That's good enough for me. So I, when I'm working with people, I try not to, I try to not discourage because, you know, that I don't want to make them do something they don't want to do. But I want to try and get away from this. Oh, let's do this to here and then stop. And then let's start this and then let's go to here. It's like, let, let's just get something that means something to us and let's just crack on and see where it goes. But of course, in certain coaching practices, that doesn't work because people want like, oh yeah, but what am I going to see here? It's like, I don't know. The future is your imagination. The present is now. The past is what? Memories, whatever. It's like, 
we don't know nothing can nothing's guaranteed so it's like just focus on what you can do today because that is the now and then because as far as the future is just a dream isn't it it's just yeah that's what we think it's like just focus on what you're doing now if you what have a result in mind what you're doing today makes more of a difference to that than just thinking about what you're going to do in the future because that's yeah doesn't matter so it's just different for everyone yeah it's funny like I've never been a massive fan of like mapping out people's journey like Mm -hmm. and saying for these for these eight weeks we're doing this and then after that we're going to do this for eight weeks and then because you never know what's going to happen in someone's life and like people's goals can change yeah people's goals do change usually yeah Yeah, exactly and I just think that it's way too it's it's put like people put way too much emphasis on that and it's like people's lives just don't work like that and people just don't work like that and so what you the best thing you can do is focus on the present moment the hard thing about that is it's harder to convince clients to sort of sit with that because they want to know like oh what am I going to do this like at this point in time and you're like no wait just <laughs> focus on where you're at right now we'll we'll work from here yeah rather absolutely. than thinking too far ahead but I think that's a that can be a control element as well yeah you know people that's why loads of people love tracking macros and whatever it's like oh yeah look I'm within five percent of my carbohydrate target like that's amazing like that's ticked off for today and um but everyone is controlling in one element of their life but I think with the mapping out thing it's like it depends because gem pop just training yeah I mean you can have a, a slight idea of where that person's headed but it doesn't have to be super super structured the deload stuff kind of happens when they go on holiday or get really busy and have time off or whatever it just happens naturally but then with performance stuff yeah you kind of have to map it out and it depends what this person's doing if they're doing like a local competition crossfit competition at a gym in like a month it's like well there's you can't really do a lot like we can work with the recovery stuff but apart from that you just have to crack on but like the guy I'm training who's doing that um Injure 24 thing like he told me he wanted to do it a long time ago so we've had to map it out because yeah. of certain things he has to accumulate to be able to do that distance so we need the time or training uh, Jess for example I trained her for a marathon you have to map it out because they have to accumulate the time um and then with CrossFit you have to map it out because yeah. there's certain phases in CrossFit training that leads to a uh, sharpening of the sword or a peak at the end when competing and there's certain things that have to be done in the month prior to that to be able to express that intensity so it's different so I think mapping out for a performance thing fine you need it definitely but for gem pop it's like what are you mapping out for it's only you're only going to Mallorca for a week like it doesn't matter that much um but again people some people personalities you get those people that love a plan yeah definitely and so often people turn to like an individualized health focused more sustainable approach to training nutrition as Mm -hmm. a bit of like a last resort Mm -hmm. why do you think that is and how can we go about tackling that so that people can avoid the potential damage caused by the extremes yeah you're right sometimes it is a last resort um I think that is because 
people have to make their own mistakes yeah so I've had clients who had a consult with me didn't particularly want to do it didn't didn't join whatever did something else usually something along the lines of a shorter time scale cheaper price did it hated it whatever felt felt awful didn't feel like they were paid had much attention paid to them and then now I train them so it's like you can't you should you should never have to convince someone to use your service convincing it's like you're not begging that person like you are telling them what you do and if that person isn't in the right place for an individualized um approach you shouldn't be taking them on you know I've said to people that this isn't what you need right now um and some people be like why are you turning away business like that only happens on a very 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 small amount of people who you just think I can't see we're not aligned so you're just cutting it before it goes on basically but the thing is with the individualized approach is that it costs more and people tend to look at the price first before they even look at what you get don't they oh this this one costs 200 quid a month and this one costs 80 quid a month like obviously I'm going to go with the 80 quid a month it's like okay but what do you need do you need someone to chat to you every month and write something for you specifically and spend hours of your of their month programming you know not for you but hours of their month programming for their clients as a whole educating themselves do you need someone who is going to take the time to work on you as an individual well it's going to cost more <laughs> You know, these things that cost 80 quid a month or I don't even know what they cost, actually. I'm kind of just guessing. Um, That program's been written in five minutes. I could write it now. I could probably write that program whilst talking to you with my right hand and and a notepad (laughs) with no thought. It's easy. But you're still paying 80 quid for it because they're usually promising something. Oh, yeah, but it's only 80 quid and look what you get. And it's like, oh, my God, that's amazing. It's only 80 quid it's value it's you're exchanging value for money it's not like time for money or a result it's value and it's working with someone and creating that relationship with them and it costs more money so people will avoid it until they realize it's probably something that they would benefit from at this moment in time yeah I completely agree and I think at the end of the day like it is easy to get pulled in by say someone wanted to achieve fat loss for example and they see these transformations they see these pictures and they're like oh that that's what I want so like I'm going to go down that route but then they need to think about what goes on behind the scenes of that and what goes on after that and maybe like talk to some of this coach's clients and things like that and see what their experience was like um and so if someone was looking for getting started with health and fitness and they wanted an individualized approach what would you suggest they look for in a coach I would say not shop around like as if we are like <laughs> it, it, it kind of takes away the personal element but I remember some I, I did like an Instagram one of my rare Instagram posts 
a couple of years ago and someone commented on it saying um because it was about individual design idea whatever we call it and they said oh how would you recommend finding someone because you're going to be working with them on a one-to-one you know it's going to be you're going to see this person you're going to chat to them you're going to trust them hopefully um you know it's going to be for a, a few years so it's like you, you need to find someone that you like so when I say shop around I just mean have a few consultations and take your time to decide who the person is for you um quite a few of my remote clients came from email lists for example and that's great because by the time we spoke I already knew that that person knew what I was about so when we finally had the consultation or whatever and I've had emails back and forward for months six months eight months ten months right back and forward little chats here and there like oh my god I love this one like um, I had this experience with my mom or whatever and blah, blah blah and I'm like we're just chatting and then they might become a client but by the time we've had that conversation I already know we're gonna get on they know that they trust me and then it starts and it's great so find a person that you're maybe thinking about working with read their stuff you know what are their values what what do they do with clients um if it's a transformation that you want if you you know you want fat loss then you you need to maybe see that they can do that or if you want to train for a crossfit competition then you need to know that they understand the you know the complexities of training for mixed modality work it's like just ask them ask them questions if they're an individualized uh, a coach that practices individual design then they'll be able to answer your questions and they'll probably want to talk to you for a bit about it or something. So don't rush into it. Don't just see a picture of them in a sports bra and be like, oh yeah, she looks great. (laughs) Because what your coach looks like in a sports bra has got nothing to do with with anything. It is so not important. Um, So I would say shop around, have a few great chats, but then yeah and just just be open to learning new things and it being a bit different than your last experience with a coach because because it is so different it is so different yeah definitely in all the best ways that's what I love about the podcast as well I feel like a lot of clients that come to me will come after lift listening to the podcast and I'm like I love that because they know me and they know how I work and I know that it's going to be a good fit if they've come through the podcast so I love like content like that for that reason because it allows people to actually get to know me and how I work um exactly and would you say there are any red flags that you would look out for when it comes to looking for coaches? Yes. <laughs> it's funny, though, because I feel like the ones I notice are probably the ones you'd notice and the ones my coach would notice and the ones Jess, my co-podcast host, would notice because we're coaches and we can see right through it. Yeah. So the difficulty is, people who are looking for a coach won't understand they won't know that that I can spot what mentor you're working with from your caption they won't know that I know it I can spot it a mile off um but when it comes to the client um be careful of someone that's promising something 
nothing is certain nothing is definite um no one can guarantee anything for you so be careful of that because people do do that like fat loss forever or oh and keep keep, yeah I can help you lose weight and keep it off for good no you can't (laughs) um what else um from a client's perspective it's really hard yeah because I feel like they don't notice these things um be wary of people that use the same before and after photos over and over again because they do they use their best ones yeah and if yeah. you scroll back to the year before and the year before there is the same pictures <laughs> I would say that would be is if you went on someone's social media and it was literally just transformation pictures oh my god like you that that for me is a bit of like yeah a bit of a warning sign yeah yeah and also um financial incentives bizarre when did that become popular like oh if you if you um if you lose six percent I think I heard one if you lose six percent body fat you'll get 300 quid it's like (laughs) yeah what is that because it's like you know what really drives people money yeah you're gonna get some I tell you what if you say right 500 quid guys all you got to do is lose um 10 pounds in 10 weeks and you get 500 quid in your bank account people will do it because they want that money and then their photos guess what they'll do it and if you lose 10 pounds you look different that photo's next one honestly it's like this stuff is it's clever but stupid it's clever because it works and these people probably sat sipping cocktails in Mexico like look I've just oh a thousand people have just signed up and all I've got to do is give them five give 10 of them 500 quid for the you know it's like it's, it's just business it's just maths um so yeah watch out for money incentives I always find that really really bizarre um yeah. and then maybe maybe Oh, and then maybe peep, uh, a red flag for me would be someone who is tiring everyone with the same brush, as in giving bodybuilding protocols to everyone or CrossFit protocols to everyone, regardless of their goal. It's like, no, guys, um, you're going to be doing this meal plan, blah, 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 to like some random person. It's like plans only work if they are built for you in the long run. So, yeah, people who are maybe a coach who's just got into something different and now making their clients do it because they love it it's like it's not about you it's about them definitely I completely agree I'm trying to think if there's any others the only others I'd say is if like if you notice a coach's clients are literally they're all doing the same training or like they all eat the same meals that's for me a little bit of a red flag like you shouldn't all be eating the exact same meals it's just like not not appropriate and you're probably going to end up with some deficiencies and some issues because of that yeah yeah watch it yeah look at the, for the clients as well seeing what they're doing you know if they're posting things like um oh I'm finally in the 57 kilos like finally after all in the co- coach is like oh my god this is amazing it's like really but your weight fluctuates every day for the rest of your life like just watch a watch out about what the clients are maybe getting excited about that might be a slight red flag and, and slight insight into the com- the kind of conversations that are happening behind closed doors which maybe aren't that great yeah definitely mm-hmm. this has been an amazing podcast Sasha thank you so oh, much for your time. 
thanks for having me is there anything that you would like to say or add and leave people with to sort of finish the podcast off interesting I guess I would say this is kind of something that I I go on a lot about in my email simply because it's really important um fitness has been turned into a product coaching clothes gyms supplements even exercises have become like you know like hip thrust you'll know hip thrust bands whatever it's been severely monetized for a reason fitness is a multi-billion dollar industry um but just be careful of falling into something because of what someone else is doing um we tend to imitate people we admire um in hopes that maybe one day people will admire us and it's not a self-obsessed thing it's just it's just what we do as human beings so I'd say just be careful about a particular influencer you like or someone that you follow because that it will be gone and then suddenly fitness will be confusing for you because you'll be like oh well this person's not doing it anymore and oh this she's not doing these exercises anymore and oh what all oh, well, what do I do? I don't know. She's moved on now. She's had a baby. She doesn't give a shit. (laughs) She doesn't care about it anymore. You were just following a phase of of her life. Um, So just be wary of stuff like that and just make sure that your own fitness routine or whatever you like to do, make sure you would do it behind closed doors for as long as you can. So make sure, basically, make sure it's like, it means something to you and just make sure it's for you and for you only because otherwise it probably will come to an end if it's built around the life of someone else or the values of someone else definitely I love that I think it's really sort of like helpful thing for people to think about and Mm -hmm. so where can people find you if they want to contact you where would be best I'll put all your details down below by the way thank you um so I would say I'm not great at Instagram. Um, I don't use it that much. I do it very, very rarely. However, I do use it to plug um, my podcast with Jess. You can find that on Spotify. Um, And then my email list. So on my Instagram, which is Sasha Lucas underscore, I think, um, in my link tree, the little thing, I'd love it if you subscribe to my emails. That's my focus. Um, At the moment, I do one on a Monday and one on a Thursday every week, unless something bad happens um but yeah I like to writing about fitness is my thing um I absolutely love it and I feel like that's if you really want to get to know me and what I do with with my clients um then I'd say that my email list and podcast well email list probably is where you'd find out the most about me um so yeah that'd be great if you could plug the email list (laughs) amazing thank you so much for listening guys i will put all of the details down below so you can find her and subscribe to her email um and if you did enjoy this episode of the female fitness podcast please do like subscribe and leave a review i appreciate it massively and i'll see you in the next one perfect thank you